Hello, listeners. I want to share an amazing resource with you. It's called Hello Divorce. Founded by a lawyer and certified family law specialist, Hello Divorce can help you no matter where you are in your divorce process. So whether you're just getting started or if you're near the end but have stalled out and need help to get over the finish line, Hello Divorce can help. They provide full-service divorce support, and they can handle divorces of all kinds, all net worths, and with or without children. It's completely online, convenient, and they offer you support all the way through. Their clients get divorced in one-third the time and at one-tenth the typical cost. So go to hellodivorce.com backslash beyond and receive $100 off. The cost of their services. And I want you to know, Aaron Levine, who's my friend and the CEO and founder of Hello Divorce, was a guest on episode 197 entitled, Get the FYI on DIY Divorce. So be sure to go check it out. We'll link in the show notes. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. Wherever you are right now listening to this, I want you to really think about how old are your kids? You know, when you were that age, what was it like for you when you were getting ready for school? And then how do you want it to be for your kids? How can you really use it as a point of connection with your children? Join them in the excitement, reassure them, you know, help them be really feel prepared for this new school year because that has such an impact. Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host and listeners. Special surprise today, Christina McGee, America's favorite parenting expert and mine and yours is back with us today. Thank you so much for coming back, Christine. I think this is your eighth or ninth appearance on uh, <laughs> Divorce and Beyond. I think you're the number one, the guest who's been here the most, and that's for good reason, because you're here and it's all about the kids. So thank you. Uh, well, it's a privilege to be here. I always enjoy our conversations. Well, and you and I were just talking. You, you and I can, we could just do, a, you know, get on this and, and do hours. Um, but we, we really wanted to do this episode because of when this episode's coming out. We are hot and heavy in the beginning of a new school year for children, oh, yeah. and we felt that it was important because I know that you out there who are listening can very likely be parents who have children who either just started school, will be starting this week as this episode comes out, or will be start starting in a week um, after Labor Day or so. So at some point in time, your children are right at the beginning of that school year. And if your family is also either going through the transition of divorce, or you've been through divorce and separation and are now co-parenting in two homes, we know there are challenges here and there are challenges for you as parents and co-parents. 
we're also, we want to talk about the challenges your kids might be facing as well, because we know that the beginning of a school year can be very exciting. It can also be very stressful for kids in the normal course of things. And when you add the restructuring of family into that, it can add to this for children. So I asked Christina to come on so we could talk a little bit and, and mine her expertise on how we as parents can support kids going through this time and support ourselves um, and, and work on that co-parenting relationship. So I think this is, is going to be a really helpful episode. I do want to say to you all listeners, um, Christina has resources that are going to be available to you. Stick around to the end. We're going to tell you how to get um, both her resource guide, which is she just told me it's up to 30 pages long. She's done all the work so that you guys don't have to. And she has a wonderful, lengthy article that's going to have a lot of the tips we'll talk about today, but even more about supporting your kid out of two, kids um, out of two households uh, when they're going back to school. So we'll tell you more about that at the end. Stick around, and all that information will be in the show notes. So, Christina, thank you. Oh, happy to be here. So, if you were going to say be sitting with clients right now who come to you, there's there, you say you're working with two parents. Um, I know you work with both individual parents as well as parents, co-parents, but say we're working with two co-parents, they come to you and they're very stressed out about the beginning of the school year, about trying to co-parent together, which is be, is becoming difficult. And you know, what would you say to them about how to approach the beginning of the school year for their children? Well, I guess before we would even venture into that conversation, one of the first things I do is I would probably ask them, you know, to think about how old their kids are right now. You know, what grade they're going into, um, what kind of transition the school year is going to be. And then I would ask them to reflect and think about what was it like when they were that age and they were getting ready to go to school? What were the big things they were excited about? What were the things that they might've felt kind of anxious about at that age? And then to really connect with that experience, because here's what happens for so many co-parents is that when these big transitions come up, like school, right? Which is supposed to be an exciting time for kids. They're getting ready for a big year. And there's also some underlying anxiety or whether it's holidays or birthdays or special events, like there's so much behind the scenes that kids get stuck dealing with on their own. Because as parents, we focus more on each other than we do on the kids. And so really the starting place for that conversation is, you know, wherever you are right now listening to this, I want you to really think about how old are your kids and how old, you know, when you were that age, what was it like for you when you were getting ready for school? And then how do you want it to be for your kids? How can you really use it as a point of connection with your children, join them in the excitement, reassure them, you know, help them be really feel prepared for this new school year, because that makes, that has such an impact on children's academic performance, you know, their emotional well-being, how they make friendships and relationships. I, I mean, it's just so valuable. And it's not just because of one parent, it's like parents, 
being involved. You know, there's an S on the end of that word for a reason. Right. Well, we've talked in other podcast episodes about the power of one. So if you have a co-parent who's checked out, certainly you being there for your children is very important. But yes, we know that if both parents can be checked in, children are going to do better. And I love that you bring up because people in this moment in time in their lives as adults, as co-parents are probably not remembering the excitement of putting on that new outfit that you bought for the first day of school and picking up that new backpack that you bought and it's all filled with brand new notebooks and pens or you know what I'm showing my age god knows what they buy to go to school anymore <laughs> it's probably like an ipad and they go um but i don't know right but but that i remember being you know i told you i i remember putting that outfit out on a chair in my room about a week in advance because I was so excited to wear that on the first day of school. So you had some wonderful suggestions about things that parents can do. And you said the divide and conquer approach um, about some of that exciting stuff so that both parents can be involved in helping children enjoy the process of getting ready. Right. Right. Well, I would really encourage parents to think about how can you use it as a point of connection? How can we really join our kids in that excitement and make getting ready for school memorable in a really positive way? Um, So I like the divide and conquer because a lot of times historically in the parenting relationship, there might have been one parent who kind of did the lion's share of the school prepping, the, you know, getting the backpacks, buying the school supplies, getting the clothes, the outfit, right? And now that you're parenting out of two households, how can you share in that responsibility so that kids get to have that opportunity to build memories with each parent and the onus of doing it all doesn't fall just on one parent's shoulders. So maybe you have one parent that's willing to buy the school supplies, right? And do that shopping with the kids and the other that's willing to do the clothes or the lunchbox, um, you know, or maybe you divide between kids, um, but find some way to to balance that out and also balance out the financial responsibility. Because let's face it, like getting ready for school is expensive. And while there may be monies that are allocated to support, you know, for the kids, rarely does that cover everything that they're going to need. So how can you balance that out? And if you're the parent who historically hasn't done those things in the relationship, then, you know, contact the other parent and offer, what can I do to help out? How can I, you know, make this easier and more enjoyable for the kids? If you're the parent who's done most of it in the relationship, offer up the opportunity to the other parent. A lot of times we get caught in this trap of assuming that the other parent's not going to do anything or they're going to, you know, be a pain in your side. Um, But do your part by at least extending the offer. You can't control whether they say yes or whether they say no, but by offering, you're taking that step, right? In the right directions for your kids. You're staying focused on them instead of the assumptions and judgments we often carry around about each other. Right, and and I think that's an important point because, and we use the word assumptions, but people in a time of conflict or in a time of difficulty, especially when it comes to communicating with a co-parent, if that's happening, 
assumptions are sort of the name of the game, right? You know, well, yeah. well, he or she said no to this. So of course they're going to say no if I even offer them the opportunity or I suggest they take the kids to Target for the, the backpack filling, you know, party. Maybe, maybe not, right? Maybe mm-hmm. put the assumptions aside. And I, I love this idea of thinking about it through the children's eyes and the excitement for them of going and picking out the backpack and picking out those things as we were talking about, as opposed to maybe our perception as adults of this as being, you know, something that is just another opportunity for disagreement between us as co-parents or difficulty. Very often Mm -hmm. if parents are given opportunities to step up for their kids, even if it's not been the way you've done it in the past, People given an opportunity often will. Right. You know, you and I always deal with the situation as well of, well, that's not the way we've always done it. And I want things to stay as much as they've always been for our kids because they're already going through so much change. So what do you say to those parents? You're like, well, I've always been the one to take them. I say, well, there's, that may be true. And there are some things that need to change right? There are some things that will stay the same. There are some things that need to change. And it's really not about you and what you've done, but more about your kids being able to have an opportunity to feel good about both of their parents being supportive and being involved, right? In their educational success. So that's really what you want is you want to give your kids the opportunity. And I think it's also, maybe you have been the one that's always done it and you did it really well, give the other parent an opportunity to step up and to learn those skills. Like it really means something to kids to have their parents involved. And so I, you know, I frequently say inexperience doesn't equal incompetence. Like just because a parent hasn't done it before, doesn't mean they can't learn how to do it. However, to make that kind of a smoother transition, we also have to be willing to let go of our own ideas about how it should be done. Well, they're not going to do it the way I do. Or, oh, can you believe they bought this lunch kit? Or they thought this was a great outfit. You know, we're, we got to step back from that and, um, and allow the other parent not to, not to get into that space of judgment, right? right? Where we're really criticizing what the other parents done and just really try to really stay focused on what it means to our kids. They may be really proud of that outfit that you're not so fond of, but it means the world to them. Yeah. Like mom went and helped them pick out, I don't know, an entirely purple outfit. And you're like, they look like a grape, but you know, (laughs) if the kid loved the outfit, the other parent, you know, sometimes you have to let, let it go. As our friend Jill Sharer Murray always says, let it go. I think of Elsa. But, you know, the other side of this, we've been talking about sort of remembering the excitement of the beginning of Mm -hmm. a school, a new school year for children. There's also just in the normal course of the beginning of a school year, there's a certain amount of anxiety, I think, that children feel around this as well. And, you know, there are a variety of different things that come up in just, again, that normal course. Are they switching into a new school system? Have you moved as a result of the divorce or separation? So there may be those issues. 
Um, so they're going or they they're going from elementary to middle school. And so it's a new, you know, a new environment. So you have those issues, but you also may have issues that are tied very much to what's happening or has happened at home. I know one anxiety and we, we touched on it a little bit in one of our prior episodes tell about how to talk to your kids about divorce. And that is now they're going to go to school and mm-hmm. other people at school are going to talk about the divorce. So so do you have suggestions for parents about what they might do to help their children deal both with that anxiety and to be prepared for that? Yeah, well the number the first thing I would recommend is really you know consider whether or not you need to have a conversation with the teachers in the school. So if you are a parent with littles right? It makes sense that you would go to the school, you would let them know, you know, our family's gone through some changes over the summer, or this is our current situation. And I would recommend sharing, you know, if school is a part of the transition between households, share that schedule with the school. So they know, share that schedule with the teacher. So a lot of times if teachers have that information, so you know, when Juan's getting ready and packing up his backpack, well, he might not remember, is he supposed to go to the car line or is he supposed to go to the bus line? It's Tuesday. Um, And he may have some anxiety about that. But if the teacher can be there to help remind him, you know, then he's kind of got that grounding, right? He doesn't have to carry around that anxiety. You can also put color-coded schedules in kids' backpacks so that they can take them on the go and look at them. It's helpful to give the teachers a heads up. I think it's helpful to give the school heads up. Now, if you have a tween or a teen, you might have to approach that completely differently, right? Because usually tweens and teens are very, they're very private. They don't want you to go blabbing to the school about what's going on at home. Uh, And so you might need to take a more thoughtful approach in terms of how you share information. You might, you know, see how they do and then um, and talk with them about how they'll navigate some of those transitions between households. Um, I also recommend, you know, managing homework and things that you need to do assignments back and forth between two households can be really hard. So instead of harping on the other parent, maybe this is an opportunity where you can embrace teaching your tween or teen some very important life skills. Like, okay, let's talk about some of the things that you're going to need to bring back and forth. Maybe we could create a checklist that you just keep on the ready, right? Um, So that you make sure you have the things you need when you need them. Uh, That can be super helpful. I think the other thing that is super important is to prep kids for questions and sharing the information, right? Because kids often will worry, what do I tell my friends? What do I say to the teacher? What about my soccer coach? And so having that conversation, you know, let we know some changes have happened over the summer and our family's doing things differently now. So let's talk about what you might say to the coach or the teacher. Um, and I think, you know, just keeping it very simple my family's changed over the summer and now I have two homes. My parents are living in separate homes. Can I have, you know, two schedules so that they both know when the soccer games are or, you know, sharing the contact information um, for both parents and, and kids knowing that that's okay to do. Uh, and I think that um, also giving kids permission that if somebody does ask questions, 
they don't have to talk about it. It's okay to say, thanks, thanks for being concerned, but I'm not really ready to talk about it. And that's okay. Okay, listeners, I'm just going to let you all know and admit it. After a long day at work helping people to navigate divorce, I currently like to unwind with a little bit of binge watching. And right now, Amazon's Prime Video is my channel of choice. We are watching Jury Duty at the moment. I highly recommend it. It's hilarious. And queued up right after that is the latest season of Jack Ryan. So if you want to try out Prime Video for free, I've got a 30-day trial just for you. You can go to divorcebeyond.com backslash prime dash video, or just find the link in the show notes. And if you have some recommendations, be sure to let me know. Stay tuned for more from America's favorite parenting expert, Christina McGee, as she shares her insights on how to make back to school work for your kids, even in the midst of a divorce. And if there's tension between parents, parents aren't communicating, kids aren't going to talk about the things they're feeling anxious with, the things that are weighing on their little hearts and minds. We need to set a tone that kids are not going to worry about how, what they share, their anxieties, you know, are going to impact us, that we are doing our very best to conduct ourselves in a way that creates that environment of openness so that they will come and they will talk to us. If you are enjoying this episode, be sure to check out last week's show featuring top financial professional, Nicole Romito, as she shared some of the big issues to be on the lookout for in a complex property divorce case. That episode is going to save you big bucks. So be sure to listen. Well, you got to think ahead when you're no longer married to them, you don't have that inside track anymore. Do you want to have 50 or 60% of your liquid net worth tied to one company that you no longer have like the insider's view on? And now we return to today's show. Telling your children what might happen, right? If it's their first time going Mm -hmm. to school, after their parents have split, separated, divorced, or this change has happened in their family, they may be unprepared for the fact that other people know about this. But we all know communities can be very small. Parents know what's going on. Other kids will know what's going on. We know children, you know, are much more verbal than we ever think they're going to be. So, so don't make your children be surprised that they're going to be asked these questions. Give them some awareness that this may be something that comes up and then giving them, you know, the, the answers that work for them or what they might want to say. I do want to remind listeners, we have a wonderful episode in the archive with Claudia Brown Coulter, who is a former elementary school teacher for 20 years. And it's all about how to make the school environment and teachers, your kids allies post-divorce or that. And so she had some great um, insights into how to work with your kids' teachers to have the teachers help the kids. So I will link to that in the show notes. But I do think that, you know, realizing, and, and maybe it's something that, like what you said at the top of this episode of, you know, sort of putting on the way back machine for a minute and mm-hmm. thinking about some of the anxieties that we felt. Like I remember, because my family moved a lot when I was a kid. And so very often for me, I'd be starting school in a new school. So the school bus, where the school bus 
stop was was very anxiety bringing for me or ridden for me where I would find the bus at the end of the school day when my mom or dad was going to come. I mean, all of those little things that I now wouldn't think a thing of as an adult. But if I think back to my little six-year-old self starting school for the first time and having to walk down the hill by myself to a bus stop, which probably doesn't happen in the world we live in today, but those are the things maybe we put that way back machine back on. Like you thought about the excitement Mm -hmm. of the school outfit. Well, let's think about some of the things that might cause anxiety. I also wanted to mention, I have one client and I thought this was such a smart thing. You talked about the color-coded calendar and everybody thinks the color-coded calendar is blue for one parent's house and yellow for the other parent's house or something like that. I had one parent do it and it was color-coded. So it was yellow if it was a school bus day because the school bus was yellow And it was blue Mm. for the days when the car pickup was going to happen because the car was blue. And that made it super easy for the child to remember. You know, so it wasn't based upon which parent they were going to because some days one of the parents, it, it, it was a complicated schedule. But by tying it into something that was easy for the child to remember, that was a young child, that child never had that anxiety. They always, oh, it's a yellow day. I go get on the bus today. Right, right. Right. And that can make a world of difference. Yeah. You know, and how kids manage it. You know, I also want to circle back when we were, when you were talking about, you know, prepping kids and talking them through how do they talk to others. And we did that episode on how to talk to kids about divorce. And one of the things that I mentioned in that episode is that you really need to use the word divorce. Yeah. And so when we're talking to kids and we're prepping them for questions and how they talk about their family changing, um, I think it's important. Again, I just want to highlight, use the word divorce, because when your kids are talking with teachers, when they're talking with their friends' parents um, and they're, you know, they say, oh, well, I have two homes or, you know, my parents aren't, aren't in the same home anymore. And someone says, oh, they're divorced kids won't necessarily make the connection. So you need to make sure that you're using the appropriate words and explaining what those words mean to kids so that they can communicate them to others and feel confident and not have that worry. Yeah. So many things can bring anxiety to kids at, at this time. And so, you know, anything that we can think through ahead of time. And the other thing I would mm-hmm. say, because you said this in that episode as well, as we talked about how to talk to your kids about divorce, one of the real takeaways from that episode is it's not a one and done conversation. You don't say mom and dad so or true. mom and mom and dad and dad are getting a divorce or we're, we're separating. And that's the last time you're going to talk about it. This will be an ongoing conversation. Mm-hmm. This is is a time when your kids are going back to school to talk to them about any concerns they may have to give them permission. I think parents forget that sometimes kids are worried about adding to our burden because we're going through a hard time. And so we need to give them permission that if you're feeling stressed out about anything that's happening or you're worried about this, you know, please come tell us, you know, your parents, we want, we'll, we'll figure something out. We promise you we'll figure these things out. Um, or maybe there's a right. much more elegant is, way to say that, but you know what I mean? Well, I think it's such an important point because kids will filter what they say 
to parents because they don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to make it worse. And if there's tension between parents, parents aren't communicating, kids aren't going to talk about the things they're feeling anxious with, the things that are weighing on their little hearts and minds. And they're just going to hang on to those. And do you want your kids dealing with those issues on their own? Right. Right. Most of us don't. We want our kids. And so in order for kids to believe, even though we may say, oh, sure, you can talk to us, right? We need to set a tone um, that kids are not going to worry about how um, what they share, their anxieties, you know, are going to impact us, that we are doing our very best to conduct ourselves in a way that creates that environment of openness so that they will come and they will talk to us. Um, and they will share what what they're worried or concerned about and feel comfortable doing that. And then we have an opportunity to validate and support them. Right. I mean, those conversations, even if it's just, a, you know, how are you doing? You know, anything that you want to talk about? I, I remember way back when one of my stepkids was, was going through an issue and we didn't know. And of course, eventually it came out and it had been going on for a while. And I remember he was little, he was, he was probably seven or eight or something. And we said, why didn't you tell us? And he said, well, I didn't want to be a problem. Oof. Right. You want to, you want your heart to wow. break everyone. Right. And, and, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, so but that's that we forget that's how little minds can work sometimes. And so I do think it's important that we give them those opportunities to be talking about this. And so maybe when you're out, you know, trying on new outfits, whatever is cool today, I was going to say a new dress and I'm like, I don't know, maybe a dress isn't cool anymore. Um, (laughs) So whatever your kid wants to try out, um, you know, maybe that's a time to say, you know, this is exciting, isn't is, it? Are, is, you know, is there anything else about the beginning of school you want to talk about? Or is there anything, it, it, you know, at a time when your child might be feeling it's it's okay to talk about these things? Um, well, and at the beginning of the school year, it's not just that first day of school, but the start of school kicks off lots of stuff like fall programs, meet the teacher, you know, lots of extracurricular activities, kids can sign up for things. And so this is kind of another trap that parents fall into when it comes to events. Either we stand across the soccer field from each other um, and don't speak at all. Yes. Or I'm not going to show up to the soccer game if your mom's going to be there, or I'm not going to the fall concert if, you know, dad's going to be there. Really, that puts kids in such a difficult position. And so I would recommend to parents, especially if you're in the beginning stages, you know, sit down and talk about establishing a code of conduct, like how you are going to conduct yourselves at these events for the sake of your kids. And a lot of parents make the mistake of thinking, well, if we just don't talk to each other, that's a better situation. So wrong, right? (laughs) Because that covert tension is just as damaging to kids as when parents are just blatantly obvious with it, you know, whether it's glaring with each other, you know, calling each other names or none of it is good for kids, you know, and when it's that covert tension where we're ignoring each other or we're doing the eye roll or we're, you know, the heavy sigh, it's like walking on eggshells for kids. Mm -hmm. You know, they get so nervous and so anxious about events. And so instead of being excited about the fall program, right. And their first speaking part ever, they're wondering who they should walk up to first. 
after the program's over? Or are my parents going to even acknowledge each other's existence? Right. And very often (laughs) they won't. Right. And where does that put those poor children in, you know, we always talk about the situation, a child finishes their recital or singing their song with the choir or the school play, and they come off the stage and one parent sitting on one side of the auditorium and the others Mm -hmm. on the other side. And the child is left with, where do I go first? Right. Mm -hmm. What do I do? Where do I go? And it's a, that's another, there's another one of those heartbreaking. So I love what you called it. I want to emphasize this for listeners, a code of conduct, how we mm-hmm. as parents and co-parents are going to conduct ourselves when we are together in the same place for our children. And I think that's a wonderful thing to hammer out. If you can't do it together, guess what? You can call Christina and work with her as a co-parent <laughs> counselor. You can go to a mediator. You can talk to your attorneys and ask your attorneys to help you work this out. This is something that is really, truly important. And we've also talked about, um, this is sort of an amalgam of things we've talked about in other episodes, but I, you and I have both heard this how many times? We don't ever fight in front of the kids. We don't, they don't know. Yeah. We, we're, we're, we're very cordial. We, do, they don't know anything about, you know, the discord between the two of us. Yeah. Uh, yes, they do. Everyone. Yes. So not yes. true. So not true. And, and if you are in a situation, right, where you don't have a cooperative co-parent, that's not going to come work with somebody like me or go to a mediator or agree to a code of conduct. That doesn't mean that you can't take action that's going to minimize your child's anxiety. I had a coaching client I was working with, and she didn't have kind of that cooperative co-parenting relationship right out of the gate and really still doesn't things have improved and gotten better because she's changed her perspective but she had that very situation where her child had a school event and so one of the things that we worked on is her framing right taking away that unnecessary stressor for her daughter by saying to her you know what probably both dad and i are going to be at this event you don't have to worry about anything. Why don't you go over and say hi to dad first, right? After you get done and I'll be waiting for you over by the concession stand. And so when you're done, you know, talking to dad, you can come over and find me. That's where I'm going to be. And she said it made everything so much smoother and she could just see kind of the, you know, worry drain from her daughter's body because she she didn't have to think about that. So there are ways as parents when we're really holding that child-centered perspective, that we can take away some of that unnecessary stress for our kids by just thinking through events, situations, whether we have the other parent's cooperation or not. That's really critical. And that's really that child-centered divorce. And you've you've made me think, you know, we're running close to the end of our time here. But I also want to mention, because I know so many of our colleagues also listen to the this show. Um, and I want to say to listeners who are going through the divorce or separation process, Christina has created a wonderful program, a training program for professionals. It's called the Co-Parenting Specialist Certification Training Program. She does that through Mostyn Guthrie, which is the training academy um, that I founded with Woody Mostyn. Uh, we actually have a training coming up at the end of September, don't we, Christina? 
Yes, we do. And and Christina is really, this is a brilliant program where Christina takes her expertise and knowledge and shares it with what she calls the first responders of divorce, the professionals, the coaches, the lawyers, the mediators, all of the professionals who are out there helping parents who are going through divorce keep the children in the center and not in the middle of a divorce, making a divorce a child-centered process, which is, you you all think that that's, well, isn't, it's always about the best interest of the children. It's already right. a child-centered process. I will tell you as a divorce attorney for more than 30 years, no, it is not. It is not unless you have the professional help to get you through the process in a child-centered way. And that is what this program does. If you're a professional and want to find out about the program, I'll have information in the show notes, or you can go to mostonguthrie.com. And if you are a parent who wants to find a co-parenting specialist certified professional, somebody out there who has taken this training with Christina, can they reach out to you, Christina, or to me, we can try and find them, uh, somebody sure. who's gone through the program and has really, because I, you know, if somebody has taken that program, I think we're about, up to about a hundred professionals that you've trained yes. at this point. Yes, we are. I mean, you're really starting a movement uh, of, you know, changing the face of divorce for children through the parents and the professionals who support them. And so I want to applaud you for that. I, I've been in the room watching the change that this makes. I'm one of the professionals who's who's been through the program. I, I didn't want to leave this episode without mentioning that because there's a sea change of effort. If you don't think out there, you know, 100 professionals is just the beginning and give us a year, give us two years, give us three years, this is really going to be something that I think we are going to see a sea change in how we approach divorce. So I will have all of that in the show notes. I also want to mention that I did tell you at the top of the episode that Christina has a wonderful article for you all. It goes even deeper into the topics that we've just been talking about, as well as some others, things about the sharing of expenses, the schedule problems that you might be running into because of the school uh, you know, year and the two households. There's a lot more information in the article. There's that resource guide. So Christina, tell people the best way to get those and how they can just find out more about you. Get your wonderful book, Parenting Apart. You've all heard me talk about it. It's on my desk in both of my offices. I've used it myself with those stepchildren. Trust me, I still do, and they're 25. So tell us all, tell us how to get everything. So if you're interested in getting a copy of the resource guide, if you go to my website, divorceandchildren.com, divorceandchildren.com, um, you'll see an opportunity to just drop in your email address and you will get a PDF download to this resource guide, which I have is probably the accumulation of years of just gathering resources, but I know and absolutely believe 100% that having access to good information and support, which can take a number of different forms, is so, so critical in those in those very early stages and can make such a big difference in terms of where families end up. So if you're not sure what kind of books you want to, you know, you want to have something for your kids, you're looking for something for yourself, Maybe you're dealing with other issues, like you have a co-parent that has substance abuse or mental health issues. You're dealing with high conflict. This guide has all kinds of resources and books and will point you to podcasts and professionals that can really be super helpful. 
have several episodes from Divorce and Beyond in there. So I would encourage you to go get that resource, take a look at it, uh, pick some things out that you feel might be helpful. Make sure that you vet them before you share them with your kids. That's really important. And then if you're interested in having the additional information, if you're looking for the special PDF article, um, where I'm going to send Susan a link, it's going to be in the show notes and you can go right to it, download it, look it over. And if you have tips of your own, that you know you would like to share with other people in the co-parenting space, uh, please reach out to me directly and share those tips. I'd love to hear them. I love to know what's working for families out there um, and sharing that wealth of information with others. Yeah, and, and a great place to connect with Christina is on Instagram. Her handle is the same as her website, Divorce and Children. So go and follow her there. She's always putting out great tips and content that is going to just help you each and every day, you know, have that child-centered divorce. Think of these things. You've heard her speak on this episode. You know that the things that come out of her mouth are always just so thoughtful and helpful. So if you are going through this co-parenting journey, if you're looking to support your children, that is a wonderful way to get it sort of a daily dose of what I call Christina-isms in your, in your inbox. Um, and you can connect with or through DM there or drop, hey, drop your your what's working for you in some of the comments and share it with us all. Yes. We're really a community out here all to support each other and help each other. So we love to hear from you. You can always reach out to me as well. It's in the show notes. Um, Christina, thank you. Because, you know, this beginning of a school year, um, we've also taken me back in time. I feel like I went in the Wayback Machine and went a little bit back to remembering the excitement of a new school year. Also, some of the, the worries and, and stress of it. But we want this to be a joyful time for families and children to the extent that it can be. And even if your family is going through restructuring or has gone through the divorce process or, or is is changing in ways... There's still a lot of joy out there and happiness in life. It's just things, some things stay the same and some things change, as Christina said. Yeah. But one thing that doesn't have to change is that there still can be joy and excitement and happiness for your children. Please, you know, reach out, go get these resources and uh, keep your children at the center of your divorce, not in the middle. Thank you, Christina. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much, Susan. Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond.